Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. Steering is here and sold out already. Do we love it? Pacerbots are here. Can we keep up? There are new paid ambassador problem-solving roles available on Zwift. Would Shane and Nathan get the job? You can find out later in the app, and we have a ton of other Zwifty chats and a feature on the brand new revamped academies. It's back to school. Summer is over. The salad days are done. But hang on. The Tour de France is in full flight. The Giro finishes the day the clocks change. And the Vuelta will still be running in November. Yep, it's 2020. Nothing is normal, except maybe the world of indoor cycling. So the Zwiftcast is back from its summer holidays, and I'm fully expecting my great friends Shane Miller and Nathan Guerra to be rocks of stability in the boiling seas of change. Shane Miller, g'day, mate. Are you stable? Are you a bastion of normality? Can you anchor us amongst the turbulence? Oh, look, this is your captain speaking. Can all passengers please return to their seats and fasten their seatbelts? 2020 has been a wild ride and it isn't over yet. Yeah. I'm well, I'm well. Good (laughs) Good to to see you guys. Well, as long as you and yours are well, that is the main thing. Nathan, Gary, yo, dude. Uh, enjoying the tour, mate. I'd be fitting in this maddest of mad years for a Frenchman to be on top of the, on the top step of the podium in Paris. That's been a long time since that happened. If we even get to Paris, I must say, fella, actually, when I see Julien Alaphilippe on the bike, he sort of reminds me a bit of you, sort of unconventional riding style. That's funny you'd say that because I wa- I look at him and I think he's the only one riding the bike normally. <laughs> I, actually, I actually I actually look at him and go, oh, he knows how to ride a bike. <laughs> so um, I, I definitely relate to his style. He's punchy. I like it that he's in yellow. Um, you know, he's been hanging on at the front. And, and this, this year round, you know, it's very early, but watching, uh, you know, that, that first stage of the real mountaintop finish, how he hung right in there in that top five wasn't, you know, it, before it was like struggling, what, you know, like a little further back over and over coming back over and over fighting back. But you know, it is early still no idea how long this fitness is going to stick around, but you know, he hung on for so long, you know, in, in the past, I'm, I'm hoping to see something similar coming up here in the future. But uh, Roglic, I mean, I mean, that was just, he's, he's just, they, they seem on another level. All, yeah, l- yeah. Of it, just another level altogether. Very, very strong field. Very, very strong field. Pretty impossible to pick a winner at the moment, I think. Uh, you must have been pleased to say Caleb Ewan pick a stage up, Shane. Yeah, for sure. The Aussie came out of nowhere. Was he 17th place back at 300 to yeah. go? I think it was. And he threaded the needle like nothing else. And you didn't even know it was him until he popped out at the very last minute. Was it around Bennett? And yeah. just up. he had that turn of speed that we saw in Cav many years ago where Cav was just next level against anyone else. Now, Caleb is not a big dude and he's picked the gap. And he was lucky too that it opened up there on the right-hand side. But again... It's what you do as a sprinter, and you got it done. So, um, yeah, proud Aussie moment there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like all the best sprinters, invisible until about 20 metres from the line. Okay, on to Zwift business, and it's been busy. So for those whose eye has been off the ball a bit or whose bums have been on the saddle outside, here's a quick recap list. Are you ready? Deep breath. It's a long one. 
Steering is live. Zwift Power is now in-house. The Academy schemes are revamped. There's a new ambassador scheme. There was that survey. We have pacer bots. The fence is back. The world's on Zwift is on. Clubs might be expanding soon. France is on the calendar. Whew. Well, we'll try and get through all of those topics in greater or lesser detail on this episode. And let's kick off with arguably the most significant item on that list, which is steering. Here's some uh, reaction to the launch of it from people on the internet who know what they're talking about. Ultimately, this is way better than I expected. I kind of expected this to suck. Slinging back onto the wheel at speed. Mark that in the video somewhere as I'm impressed. But I sort of expected this to be like mostly horrible and I was pleasantly surprised. I think it's like fine for regular riding, but in racing, this is absolutely a massive game changer. Like if you're a big Zwift racer, I would expect that you should be ordering these right now. Inside line, hey, 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 hey. That is quicker, a lot quicker. This won't be for everyone. There'll be lots of people that just want to put, you know, their power into the pedals and go off and ride, and that's totally cool. And Zwift says that's totally cool, and you can keep on doing that, and all is grand there. But for people that want a little bit more realism in their world, this could be it. This is a game changer for interactivity. For my ride solo, not so much. For what I'm doing right here, absolutely. Beware of imitations, listeners. Uh, Long-time listeners will know I dislike the phrase game-changer. It's applied too liberally to too many things. But in this case, I think it might just be justified. Shane, is it? You use the word. Yeah, look, steering changes the game. So, yes, it's a game-changer. It changes the in-game experience from the very first pedal stroke to the very last pedal stroke where you are done with the ride. So, yeah, it's a game-changer for sure. Look, there are a few things to know, though, about how the steering works. It's lane selection, and that selection is sticky, meaning that if you choose the inside line, that's what you stay with on the line. So not quite free-world steering, Mm. but enough to have fun. And when you're riding with a bunch who don't have steering, they definitely notice it. Um, One of the also little obscurities about it is uh, when you enter a bunch, you can't move sideways sideways if you enter in the middle of the bunch because there's that side-to-side collision detection. So you can only move out the front or out the back or pick a gap somewhere if there is one once it's strung out. Um, I enjoy it, as you saw there from the little clip from my ride. Um, and another thing that I've been doing lately is up Von 2, everybody is on the right-hand side of the road and in this big, long conga line. If you've got the studded so smart, you can jump out into the center of the lane and just you've got clear a clear run or a clear line mm. to ride up away from everyone else. So even the solo rides, not just the racing side, it's a bit of fun. So I've been enjoying it. Hmm. I mean, it is veering rather than steering, which, uh, you know, John uh, made very clear that was was going to be the first iteration of it. He he talked about this ages and ages and ages ago on the Swiftcast, actually. Uh, and I think, shame veering rather than steering is kind of the right call, really, because I remember in the old days of the tax eye magic, and if you enabled steering on that like slightly weird steering block thing that they had, you spent your entire time just trying to keep the bike in a relatively straight line and not, not, not go off the road. And actually, in the end, that just got super frustrating. 
Yeah, look, a lot of, um, I, I guess, brain time is spent um, trying to get your guy to move forward, get your guy or a girl avatar moving forward in the right lane, the right line. So if it was an, a continual you know, steering and correction and all that, it takes away from, look, you're on the trainer to train and to do a workout mm. or to ride with your friends. Sometimes you want to switch the brain off. And that's what I like about these direct drive trainers or the locked-in trainers. You're just sitting there. You can sit up and you can watch your, your iPhone or you can watch the tour on another screen and not have to steer. If it was always on steering, yeah, there's too much brain power involved in that. I'm not saying it's it's impossible to do in a, in a good way, but I also think this allows the smart bike integration with the additional buttons those smart bikes have on the inside of the levers to do um, lane selection or the veering lane selection, if that makes sense, uh, rather than turning the bars. Because, look, turning the bars indoors isn't like real steering. You're not leaning. Mm. There's no counterbalancing and steering. It's just controlling the game. So I think the button integration is going to work, and this version of steering, how they've implemented it, will work with smart bikes. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathan, as Ray mentioned there, and indeed Shane has said as well, I mean, this will have huge appeal to racers. Um, just just as a catch-up, uh, where, where are we at the moment on steering being enabled in racers? Is it is it in all racers, some racers, some events? Is, does the organiser have a choice? Where, where are we? That's a good question because um, it seems that you can sneak in, not sneak in, like some you jump in and it just happens to be on. And it was missed, I think, because the intention is not to have it on right now unless it has been pre, um, you know, pre-set up by Zwift to say, okay, it can be on. I know right. some organizers have requested and it was denied, um, I think, in order to keep things fair so that an organizer then isn't superseding the general rules that Zwift is trying to make that the upfront expectations from Zwift offering an event is not going to make them feel cheated because they jumped in where somebody has unfair advantage with steering. So, cause I do know that there's been organizers wanting to turn it on and say, well, if people have it, they have it, they don't, they don't, but we want it in ours. And that I don't think that that has been uh, said. Okay. Now, uh, I do know that people have jumped into races, though, and it just happened to be on. Happened to be on. So, but that's, yeah. probably, that's, that's probably a mistake. So it's Swift's call, basically, whether a race has steering available or not. What, but what about group rides? Is that the same? Yeah, definitely. No, I've definitely had it in group rides where, or even if it's not a race in quotes, but it's like a uh, type of a Fondo event or an event that is that is um, uh, map, you know, off the map or something like that. It's on there. So, you know, and it's not a race like the ones that weren't races and there was just a group ride, a large group ride with a time at the end and a finishing line, no result, you know, page or anything given to you. It was on in there. I did plenty of off the maps with the Sturzo on and really, really enjoyed it, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the kind of housekeeping bit of it. I mean, no, no doubt this will sort of become clearer as people flock back inside as the uh, as the days go a bit there was shorter. an announcement, Simon, also that over this weekend and the next couple of days, there have been uh, FutureWorks types events set up by ZHQ events that are now steering enabled and you can jump into them. They're race specific. And so there's a whole bunch of them right. throughout the entire weekend up until next week that just got announced too. Yeah. Okay. Well, well setting aside that slightly confusing picture, I mean, as a tool for a racer, Nathan, in a steering-enabled race, would it make a difference? 100%. I absolutely loved it in the off-the-map stuff. I've been using it in the, all the situations that I can to get a feel for that, where it does get a little bit competitive in a group ride. And the ability to aim 
where my watts are going and when they're going there and have control over that 100% changed how I was interacting tactically with the rest of the pack. Then when I got, then when there was one or two other people, I did a meetup um, with James Hodges and uh, another couple of other guys that were old school Zwifters. We did this meetup and we started like watching how the tactics played with the variable of multiple Sturzos involved and it completely changed the interaction. And to be honest, at this point, when I jump on Zwift without a Sturzo, I don't really want to pedal anymore. Like, Ooh, really? I actually really? I don't enjoy the game nearly as much now because I have lost some of the control. I have mm. lost some of like, wait, I, I exactly want this still. Yep. Is that the same for you, Shane? Yeah, look, in a workout, I don't want it or don't need it because it's about the yeah. wattages and I'm doing other things. My mind, again, is elsewhere, testing things. Um, but when in freeride mode, when I was riding along, just like the kicker climb or the tilting of the kicker bike, it's not necessary, but when it's taken away, it's like, oh, hang on, I want that back again. Yeah. Steering, Nathan, I had exactly the same thing. I wanted to take the corners a little a little closer. I wanted to, you know, maybe go wider around the corners uh, to ride a little further because the distance is changed just a little bit. Uh, I did miss it when it wasn't there. I, I must say, I, I've not used it enough to be convinced either way. I've been on holiday and riding outside a lot, so I, I really, I need to get my head around it. Uh, but plenty of people have, Shane. I mean, if the popularity stakes are decided by how fast it sold out, I mean, either Elite didn't make enough or this is incredibly popular. Which, which do you think it is? A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> uh, I mean, in the, in these times, I guess it's hard to – it's 2020. You can't predict anything. So I, I think it might have been a little more popular than they thought, given FutureWorks is beta by any other name, but don't call it a beta. It's mm. FutureWorks. Uh, it's not really baked or cooked. It's not It's not the final product. And to invest in a piece of hardware of something that we don't know is going to be implemented or not or how, um, they might have thought you know, it wasn't going to be that popular. But uh, apparently it is. I, I, I guess the the proof is in the pudding there. When I jump on, when Ray jumps on, when Nathan jumps on, and when we saw uh, Nathan was it James Hodges riding in one of the races with it and just stepped away from everyone on the on the dirt. That was awesome. I think like that the initial reaction is genuine reaction of hey, this is cool. And I think my part, my wow moment was at 19 minutes into my video there, Simon, um, the, the little excerpt you played there, um, when I swept back from on someone's wheel and jumped off and then back on their wheel, just like outdoors. That was a bit of a wow moment. I think people have been, you know what? That is, ready for the word, a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it literally is. I mean, it literally is, as, as, as you rightly point out. Uh, Nathan, a general community reaction. Uh, I mean, the races, you know, well, races do what races do. They get a bit kind of overblown and uptight. No. Things. <laughs> but um, we'll, get on to, we'll get on to that later. But, I mean, the general community reaction, um, Obviously, there's a couple of Jonas. I mean, there's going to be a couple of Jonas if Swift said, I'm giving everybody a million dollars. But, you know, um, it generally seems to be well received. Yeah, super well received. And I haven't seen anyone be, I've never, I haven't seen anyone go unfair. I, not yeah. a single, yeah. in, in my interactions in these group rides where it got competitive, I have not seen, they've gone, whoa, I want one. Like they, they go, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, happening. Yeah. And they're like, whatever. That's really, how's it working, mate? Okay. You know, and they get kind of like, well, I, and they get super intrigued rather than offended actually. So the, the rece receiving this addition to the game uh, seems to be super well received and uh, people are, are all about, you know, next thing I know, they're, they're messaging me, I ordered one or something, or I'm looking to get one. So 
very well received by the community from all stances that I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shane, uh, one or two tiny isolated reports of not the world's best battery seal leading to <laughs> corrosive sweat. Some, I mean, what is it with sweat? It gets everywhere. <sighs> Anywhere it can get, yeah. it gets, doesn't it? Um, yeah, look, I, I think that's yeah. a tiny teething problem, isn't it? Yeah, look, um, I've taken mine apart to see how it all works because I was interested in see how it works. Um, yeah, the battery compartment could use a little, um, I guess, waterproofing. Mm. However, it's not a problem after, I was going to say hundreds of hours, of use, hundreds of kilometers of use. Um, I haven't had that problem. And I saw the Rust uh, photo posted online there and I thought, how the hell, the hell did that get in? Get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I was, and I'm thinking, okay, did I miss this? Because I've, I've had a Sturzo standard for a while and I've had a Sturzo smart for a few weeks prior to release it wasn't even enabled i just had it to use ready for the the build to drop i'm thinking how did i miss that and i'm looking down i'm like oh i ride my road bike and i've got two fans in front of me or one in one in front one mm. to the side all mm. the sweat that i do drops straight down or back if you're a time trialer and you're over top of the bars and then you're dripping yeah. straight down aha but I tell you what, you're going to have to be sweating buckets to make that a problem. However, it, it was a real problem. It was, it was up. Um, and I guess this will be addressed with um, updates, I guess, or something like that. Um, only one case of that or two cases. We haven't seen very many with the hundreds of yeah. them out there, though. Yeah, no, no. I yeah. think, I mean, it's important not to get these things out of proportion. I think that is a tiny, 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 possibly even unique uh, case. Um, An indoor trainer would suffer the same problem if you sweated all over it. They are computers. They, they really yeah. are. There's circuitry there. There's there's zappy bits. So you need to keep the water away from the zappy bits. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's big thumbs up, actually. Huge thumbs up for us uh, from steering. I need to, to, to try it more. And um, like you say, it's, it's a bit like one of those things that once you've got it, it's a bit like DI2. Once you've ridden it, you <laughs> don't want to go back yep. to anything else. So My uh, favourite thing about it is the interactions with the pack at this point, though, because nobody else have one, and you can just, like, road rash them. You just, like, oh, yeah, yeah, the and you can just, like, yeah, bounce them from yep. over and yep. over again. And then My first the main live thing stream for is me all is that. when yep. you don't, main thing when you don't have it though is the idea that i have to push my way through with my watts rather than just go around everybody yeah you get super annoyed by that change though but yeah the road rash fun <laughs> i saw that shane you can just go back and forth <laughs> knocking in because you can't go through them anymore so you just have fun it doesn't affect I, them at all yeah it's just, yeah, no it doesn't affect anybody it's great. <laughs> reversing to the inner child it doesn't take much does it uh, okay uh, well next on my list uh, uh not actually not next on that big list i read out but next on this list because it is related and it's something we've been asking for for ages and ages and ages and ages and ages and it's pacer bots um we still don't have a pb bot <laughs> think we might have to place that one boys in the it's never going to happen basket but we do have uh three or is it four pacer bots basically there's one that goes really 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 stupidly fast just fast <laughs> medium and slow and these guys and girls are indefatigable and omnipresent they never stop and they're always there hello to in descending order of pace Amelia Onkatil, Bowie Brevit, that's a strange name, Coco Cadence, and uh, my favourite, 
Diesel Dan. Uh, if you want the proper numbers of, of what all these do, as ever, head to Zwift Insider for the full authoritative guide. But we don't really do authoritative, lads. We do impressionistic <laughs> and opinionated. So, Nathan, your opinion, your impressions. Uh, do you chase Amelia or merely hang with Dan? Uh, I jumped in with Coco Cadence uh, on Tempest uh, Fugit. That's where uh, Coco was hanging out and... Uh, that was my only, and then I also jumped in with Bowie yesterday, the day before. But they get off at a certain time. Oh, so, do they? Oh, they're not yeah, always so, there. Yeah, me and Jonathan Levi were actually chatting about this in because I was live streaming. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to jump with the Pacer Bots," and that was kind of like the thing, the feature of the live stream. And and uh, Bowie jumped off right away, said, "Oh, thanks a lot, but I'm tired and I got to go." And I was like, <laughs> "Why? Where are you going, buddy? We just got started, you know." And and but um. So I've only had a chance to hang out with those two. I my only feedback is more bots. I don't know if you saw in yeah, my yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. post on <laughs> on Drift Riders, but more bots, please. We just I just want because I want to be able to jump in at my time that I get on, and after the kids go to bed or or when I'm done with work late at night, usually around 10 p.m. CST and um, or maybe 11. And at that point, it's like no bots around anymore. So I would just like to see. Um, just a more 24-hour consistency because I think there is a certain portion of the world that's not getting access to them. That's really um, weird. I just assumed, obviously stupidly, that they were perpetual. I mean, why wouldn't they be perpetual? They don't have to stop and eat bananas, these people. You know, <laughs> they're just ones and zeros. Well, I mean, why would they not be perpetual? Uh, my guess is that it has something to do with, yeah, I think it has to do with how they're operating. Right. So uh, I think it has something to do with taking a rest. <laughs> Actually, that is not in there. Maybe they're being honest about I need to take a rest. So I really enjoy it, though. It's really great fun hanging out around it. It's kind of an always going on group ride. And uh, it's a new social aspect for me, actually, mm. that will also be an ad hoc group ride I don't have to wait for. You know, if I do sign up for an event, it's got to be on here still. And I still have to go through and oh, I maybe have to wait till 11. Maybe I have to wait till 1130. Instead, it's almost like a quick queue up that you have in other MMOs yep. where it just puts you all together real quick and go do your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I have talked about this before and I think I'm one of like only about 10 people in the world who remembers this. But there used to be like way back, I mean, probably... God, maybe 15 years now, that long, possibly. Time time slips away. But there used to be a program called Netathlon, right? And on Netathlon, which was a virtual cycling program, and on Netathlon, they had this thing called an Ultra Rabbit. I've talked about this before, and it was a bot. Okay, but the really cool thing about this bot was it rode just ahead of you. Yeah, right? ouch. And if, yeah. and if you speeded up, it speeded up. So it was it was it was constantly a rabbit to chase. But the really clever thing about it, which just seems so advanced now, uh, for for its time, was it it wouldn't speed up fast. It wouldn't speed up enough to drop you. So you know it was always visible. So if you if if you'd gone like really hard for ten minutes and you needed a rest. That the the rabbit bot would 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 all even though it would stay ahead of with of you it would always drop back to you so it must have been reading your uh, reading your speed or wattage and and reacting accordingly in 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 probably quite a crude way but it didn't appear crude mm. in the game really it mm. was such a clever thing that, I mean that's that's the future for these things isn't it 
Yeah, for sure. That's where things will be heading with this. Uh, there's a lot of data to be mined from, I guess, your previous PBs, um, maybe even your target races, maybe even an FTP test where they could just dangle that carrot out there just a little bit ahead of you yeah. um, and maybe even have it encourage you a little bit. Like, come on, slowpoke, let's go. Or <laughs> yeah, depending on what you can use, select the level of encouragement from one to 10. <laughs> Get on with it, fat lad, do that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Nathan, this is... And we are going to to, to touch upon this uh, towards the end of the episode uh, in, in terms of the way things are happening and what is happening with Swift across the entire platform, uh, <coughs> esports. Um, but <laughs> these these are the things that Swifters want, aren't they? Yeah. What's interesting is it's kind of an interactive game almost, right? That you jump into with this bot and everybody can kind of, you know, it would be cool if it did interact. I mean, think if those messages, I mean, just in a basic, very crude way, if those messages weren't just pre-programmed, but everybody could kind of like do something and the bot would respond in some sort of way, or, you know, that, that those little fun kind of things I think are something that could be added to a feature that we all can participate in um, ad hoc to jump in and do, you know, like, oh, who's racing the train right now or who's doing that? And I think these bots are one of those features that people will be attracted to. We'll have to wait and see, though. I mean, um, I really dig it. It seems like a lot of the bots are being ridden with. People are talking about it. Um, you know, I'm not on during the day quite as much to see how much is going on there. My time is, is, is mainly when they're logging off. But the group was fairly large. I think we had 15 to 20 that were hanging out. Um, be interesting to see as we get into more of the deep Zwift season, how many are hanging out with these bots. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely this is the kind of stuff that uh, is being, I, I think that Zwifters want. They want more features like this that are added that they can interact with and have fun with. Shane, steering and bots, I mean, they're immediately relevant to all Zwifters. That's the thing. That, and that's what I do like. Things that enhance the experience for every Zwifter, be it if you're a one watt per kilo rider, be it if you're a six watt per kilo rider. It's If you're a subscriber, you can get benefit from these. And that's what I do like. Um, I was just thinking then though, imagine if the bots could enter events too. So you almost have pacer bots for an event. Yeah. So we have yeah. the Oat Route um, France coming up on the 18th. And there's some, you know, th- th- those events are absolutely brutal. Um, thousands and thousands enter. It'd be great to see some pacer bots on the line with the same wattage that they hold because there's always going to be someone to ride with. And because they're a glowing beacon color, you can really identify them on screen. I'd like these pacer bots. I'm putting it out there now. I invite the pacer bots along to a few events to see how they go. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, Park Run, uh, which is a huge thing Mm. in the UK. I don't know Mm. if it's it's big with you, but uh, my local Park Run, they they have pacer, pacer runners. So, you know, they'll have somebody running in uh, a a, a, a particular 5K pace, which, which, you know, uh, again, that that kind of draws a crowd on the park run. So I I could see the way that that would work. Excellent. Well, I mean, they're they're two great developments, really, and it'd be really interesting and I think will be received with much gratitude by Zwifters if they develop and develop quickly over the over the uh, indoor season that is going to be upon us before we know it. Okay, that's enough kind of wittering from us for the time being. Although, to be fair, we have had a lot to witter about, and there's going to be further wittering later, including some wittering about SurveyGate. But for now, let's talk to someone else. The Academy schemes have just been announced with various dates in the coming days for registration for the men, the women, the try, and the all-new running academies. 
Uh, they'll kick off as the days grow shorter and the nights get longer. Again, for specifics, I direct you to Zwift Insider because there's all kinds of different dates when they start. But we're doing a big picture because that's what we do. And this is the big picture. There's been quite a revamp of the Academy schemes. And whilst pro contracts are still up for grabs, this is now not the main focus. The main focus this year is on proper training programs for the vast mass of Zwifters. There's some marketing tagline which escapes me for the moment, something about unlocking the faster you or some such marketing speak. But, you know, these are aimed at everybody now, not just people who uh, are interested in pro cycling or maybe interested in getting a pro contract or maybe tagging along in that kind of scene. These are, these are very much aimed at everyone. Anyway, let's talk to the brains behind the programs. Uh, and these are new brains behind the programs. Dig Deep, a training company based in Northern Ireland. Well, welcome to the Dig Deep team, Stephen Gallagher and Dan Fleeman. Hi, guys. Hiya. So I'm going to ask you to um, give each other's bios, if you will, quickly. Let's uh, let's keep this fairly slick. Dan, why is what? Why does Stephen know his stuff? So Stephen was professional, and Stephen, as a rider, was quite modest. But you know, he won the RAS in Ireland. He won the Tour of Taiwan overall, and then since retiring from racing, he's uh, become a coach, and so. He's, over 10 years now of coaching experience and he's coached many riders, you know, from pure amateurs right up to professional riders and, you know, taking people right to national uh, national titles on, on many disciplines as well. So he's got a wealth of experience. Stephen, are you blushing? Uh, I hope you're going to be as nice about Dan. But again, Dan is uh, one of the, the most analytical people you will meet when it comes to detail of certainly wattages, equipment, um, attention to detail. Uh, so he he's quite particularly in that. And I think that lends him quite well to, to being part of the Zwift community. Plus, he's also one of the top Zwifters. Uh, I'm going to make him blush. So he's one of the top ranked Zwifters in, in the world and is quite prominent in the Zwift community um, and uh, competes a lot. So, you know, our, our understanding of the of the esports and the virtual world of cycling is is uh, is quite good, I would say. He sounds amply qualified, the numbers guy. Okay, well, we're going to split this interview into two. So I'm going to start with a couple of questions for Stephen. Um, Stephen, the, 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 the programme this, this year, I think it's pretty significantly different, actually. So just tell me, you know, what was in your mind as you approached the design of the programme? Let's talk about the road cycling programme. So the big thing for us is, is first of all, is the education of the athlete is looking at um, their, not just the progression in the short term, but the long term, um, helping expand their knowledge and learning more about themselves. I think that's that's the key fundamental here is that, you know, with the, the academy, we're trying to not just look at uh, progression over, over a week or two weeks or getting fitter for the, for the third week. It's using the structure of the, the workouts plus the group rides, segment rides, um, and just, of course, the information and the content that we're giving out around it is educating about, the, you know, energy systems, the core energy systems that we use, potentially each person's strengths and weaknesses for their, um, you know, for their performances. 
and have not going forward is very much the part and the mainstay of the academy this year. And Dan, I think you've kind of headed up this this whole sort of on-screen narrative that we're going to get, which will lead to better athlete educa- education. I mean, how important is that? And to be honest, mate, how much of that can be achieved with like, you know, 20 or 30 word sentences once every 15 seconds or, you know, whatever format it takes? If there is specific aims that we want people to achieve, you know, that's when we put the text in there. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's motivational as well because, you know, you kind of don't need to focus on what's coming up later. You just need to focus on the there and now. So, you know, get that bit of the session done and then worry about, you know, what's coming up later. So that's why it just flashes up, you know, when they need to know. But then on the other hand of that, it's a case of there's certain periods in the recovery periods where we don't want people to go too hard. We actually want them to really back off and, and you know, save those biscuits, if you like, for, for the for the workload that's coming on. So some people have a problem with um, they ride too hard all the time. So, you know, these visual cues are really to make people push on when they need to push on, but also to back off when they when they need to back off. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, Dan, uh, you know, Trainer Road does this very well and does it very, very, very effectively, to be quite honest with you. Um, and, and it is an important part of completing an interval is knowing why you're completing that interval. And it sounds like, you're, you know, the, the, this programme this year is going to provide a lot more active guidance. Is it? Is that fair to say? Yeah, we want people to be educated by the programme. So we want them to... Um, complete the program and then understand, have a better understanding of where their strengths and weaknesses lie. And then they can work on those, you know, going forward. So, you know, it's very much about an educational experience. Now, it makes a lot of sense. And um, so, Stephen, I mean, the question that the average cyclist is going to ask when they embark on this program is how much fitter am I going to be at the end of it? I mean, what what sort of progression might an averagely fit cyclist see if they graduate the program? But my recommendation would certainly be try and, you know, get into the program early and, you know, take your time to go through the sessions to complete them. And the big key is that you're going into them fresh and that you're not doing too much in between the, the intensity, the group rides, uh, the segment rides and, and the, the workouts because they are quite demanding. If you go into them slightly fatigued and you then do one or two hard sessions back to back, you're going to come out of it, you know, on a, on a downward spiral but over the course of, of two months i mean the, the thing that i would say is keeping your immune system healthy keeping your your nutrition good looking at um you know hitting your targets of the sessions not sort of over egging yourself either you know keeping within your within your ranges i mean you should be seeing uh, especially in the places that you're weak in you should be seeing quite a good boost in your in your fitness or or certainly um seeing uh inroads into developing them certain areas I, I can absolutely understand your reluctance to kind of put a number on it because you know too many variables too many different fitness levels going into it i i, I get that I think it's probably fair to say, and, you know, it's a good way, I think, to encourage people who are perhaps not so used to structured training, that if you're a beginner cyclist or less experienced with structured training, you're definitely going to see more gains, aren't you? As a beginner, you will see gains quite quick. And again, I'll say this to beginners, is making sure that you don't over-egg and don't overstep your, your, your limits because 
it just takes one or two sessions to go over your limit, you know, a wee bit too much, and then you'll, you know, you can, you can start to, to tie up a wee bit too much, and the fatigue rate and gets a little bit too high for you to complete the other sessions to the best of the quality. But a beginner um, and somebody who's never done a structured program before or structured training is probably going to see the biggest jumps in their fitness. And um, you know, again, I would say keeping healthy, keeping nutrition good, making sure you have plenty of time. To do the sessions, not cramming. Keep to them core fundamentals. You're going to come out of this a lot better, a lot healthier, and certainly with a, a bigger knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it's a very clear message you're putting out there, which is, you know, stick with the program, guys. Don't try and finish the damn thing in three weeks when it should when it should take two months. Uh, and I, yeah, I think that's a very good message. Um, Dan, um, are you going to be? Uh, I mean, when the academic program first started, the f- I remember the excitement around the first year, and a lot of that excitement came from engagement with the community and being able to answer people's questions and to, you know, really have a two-way dialogue with people as they go through a fitness program, which is super important for people being coached. Are you going to try and up the game a bit there? We've already started by making videos, basically explaining all the sessions, all the workouts, all the segment rides. Um, so they're all going to be launched when the, you know, when the plan launches. Um, and then we're going to be active on the, all of the, there's the ladies Facebook page, there's the men's Facebook page. We're going to be active on those answering questions. If we have to, we'll, if we get a lot of questions that are, are similar and people need more information, we will do more videos to, to explain that. Um, and the other thing is, so myself and Stephen are both, you know, we're, members of the Zwift community. We're both active on there. We're both race on there. We both ride on there. So, you know, I fully expect that while I'm doing that, people are going to, you know, hit me up with questions and I'm more than happy to, to answer to the best of my ability. Um, so yeah, we're going to be fully active on all of the social media channels, you know, the best we can. So we invite people to ask, ask questions. Back with Dan and Stephen towards the end of the pod to look at the pro side of things. Um, guys, the they've always had a bit of an identity crisis, the, the academies, with this dual message of, you know, maybe become a pro uh, and or train on Swift. I, I just think it's always been a tricky message for, for, for the marketing people to get across. And as a result of that, I... I I do think it's sort of bitter confusion. And my impression is probably proved completely wrong by participation figures. But my impression is that the academies, you know, didn't make the splash that, that they did in the, in the, in the very early days. Um, but with this emphasis, as Stephen and Dan explained there, on athlete education and getting people to understand why they're doing the things that they're doing, I do think this is going to appeal more to all Zwifters. Do do we approve of that approach, Shane? Yeah, I think it's developed over the years and from the community because the first year uh, that it ran, it was all about the pro, who's going to turn pro. And that was the message. That's who's going to turn pro, who's going to be selected. And the community are like, oh, maybe not me, but I'm going to join in. And the numbers went up and the next year, even more people came along, even more people came along. It became about the community, not about who's going to be selected as a pro. Sure, that's the results. Um, and that's always going to be, I guess, the ultimate goal of these uh, these academies run. But it's more about the community. And again, looping back to what we said before, if it appeals to everyone, I'm all for it. Um, look, running all these three at once, um, I think that's a good idea. We'll see how that pans out. Four, uh, a lot of the time, four. Uh, don't forget four. Don't, don't forget running. 
Did I forget uh, running? I know everybody is rowing? does. I know. Is, is there a <laughs> rowing academy yet, or do we not? No running. No, no. Okay. So we've got men, women, try and and running. I mean, I'm I'm counting that as four. Oh, sorry. Maybe right, okay, we so- see. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're doing. You're going road cycling. Uh, yeah, so- yeah sockless, sockless people and the runners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Okay. And, uh, so but look, let's see yeah. how it pans out. Let's. Um, yeah. it's, it's good. I, I get lost in the message of. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a roadie, so the try stuff comes along. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Next, uh, and then the running <laughs> stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a runner, so I look at all the roadie stuff. So look, running all at once, you're not going to get lost in the message. You'll choose your own lane, or you'll veer towards the lane that you're in with your start so smart, and Ooh. yeah, we'll see how it pairs out. You can, uh, I guess, choose the training programs um, that you're after for that, and um, they've always well attended. Like any of these larger events, like the Tour of Watopia, the Oat Route, um, they're always well attended. Um, even recently, there was one that was a couple of hundred. There's at least four to five hundred people every single event they ran. Uh, one of the specialised things. However, these are the same. There's tons of people doing tons of training, and if they're a group training ride where you're all going through the same pain and the same intervals, all at different paces because it's suited to yourself. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember whether it's in the bit that we've just heard actually, but but certainly in in one of the edited pieces that with Stephen and Dan, there's another one coming up later in the pod. Uh, they said that they're expecting a hundred thousand people to sign up, which is huge. Absolutely. Will the pacer bots be in those? Are the pacer bots going to take? Because we don't want the pacer bots to win. <laughs> That'd be a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if a training plan would work on a pacer bot, or maybe we could get diesel down up to a media <laughs> standard. Who knows? Uh, and Nathan, I know you've got a real interest in this, and it's really interesting to hear that we're going to get many more details on screen and even videos uh, and lots of supporting content. I think there's going to be stuff on the web as well about why we're doing what we're doing on these training programs, what benefits each individual session achieves. Uh, they, they were very keen, the, those those two chaps, to uh, to hammer home, even at this early stage, uh, the crucial importance of, of rest and not uh, overreaching on a, on a program like this. Um, athlete education is the kind of buzzword. Uh, I think that's a great move, don't you? Yeah, and I think there isn't a better uh, duel to, to get this done. You know, Stephen uh, Gallagher and, and Dan Fleming. Dan Fleming obviously being a part of Sars the Pro's Closet, uh, you know, uh, former UCI World Tour, and he is enmeshed. I commentated on Dan's efforts yesterday yeah. in the SCR race, community race. He's a part of all a ton of the invitationals, one of the top teams. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to both in real life as well as in Zwift. And Stephen Gallagher, this guy was a part of a lot of our broadcasts when it came to the Tour de France years back, where we were doing replicated Tour de France efforts on Zwift during the Tour de France for that day. And looking back at what was done of an analysis for the winner or for one of the top pros that took this place and then trying to replicate that through workouts. And so this guy, he knows how to look at segments, knows how to see what uh, you know, and they released these awesome graphics with segments showing what those power outputs were and what it took to get there and would analyze that and say, okay, how are these people training to get to that point? And so I think it's really cool how they're taking these segments now in Zwift and uh, that's part of the program to see what, how well you can do on a specific segment yeah. in Zwift. And that's kind of their, their forte is like, hey, let's actually make this applicable to your racing and your riding. Um, and so great guys to do this. They know their stuff. And uh, I absolutely love their involvement in this because they've been really, really committed to the world of coaching and Zwift at the same time and integrating it. And they're perfect for the Zwift Academy. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a rebirth of the the, the academy schemes um, this upcoming season, which is uh, really good to see because you know there's a lot of merit. Uh, uh, both in the talent identification program and and the idea of of, of a community based you know mutually supportive training training uh, program I, you know I've I've long been a supporter but I, I, I think we've just got a bit bored of them and th- this feels like a, a rebirth which is a, a very very good thing. Let's move on to, uh, I, I mean, I know I feel a bit late with this, but goodness me, what a kerfuffle that survey caused. I mean, I've not seen so much outrage in the Zwift community since the price rise furore. And of course, the thing that promoted much of the ire was, you guessed it, the old filthy Luca. A uh, quick recap, for very good reasons, which it must be said were not made clear at all, <laughs> a survey was sent to Zwifters which raised the spectre of monthly subscription prices as high as 40-something dollars. There was outrage, there were threats, there was flouncing. Uh, all a bit misplaced, it turned out, because as the CEO, as the CEO himself, Eric Min himself, was moved to make clear, the whole forty odd dollars thing was merely one element of some massively obscure marketing tool or technique. There was never, ever, ever a plan to charge that amount, uh, but it was an example of perhaps not the best management of communications with with the community i mean that never happens right um thing is thing is though shane if you set even that theoretical hair running and to be honest the use of the word theoretical is probably a bit strong because this was never ever ever gonna happen but if you set that hair running you can't be surprised when there's an outbreak of mass flouncing Ah, every week is a new gate. I love it. (laughs) There's always something going on. Look, the anger people posted on this, it's all part of the feedback process. So the people who quit the platform because of this, uh, okay, Um, yeah, look, I didn't get the survey, so I'm just going to have to leave it to people who did to carry the flame on that one. It's, for me, time spent better riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once it was explained, I I, I kind of got... Mm. I, you know, I I, I I began to see the reasons. And Nathan, none of us are survey experts. Uh, and, and and actually, I have been trying to. Th- I've been thinking about this since this all kicked off. Thinking about what why Swift chose to do it in this way. I guess if the survey invite had contained that explanation about the forty bucks a month thing, uh, it, it could possibly have kind of prevented the survey achieving its aim, if you like, which was to get Zwifters to assign a value to certain features. I mean, that was the explanation given that this was some incredibly sophisticated marketing technique where they, you, you know, the only thing that people really care about is money, apparently. <laughs> so so to, to find out, you know, to find out the kind of strength of feeling for the desire for certain features, you have to attach a monetary value to it. And and, and then they've got to put it together in packages and it, it all got very complicated. Uh, uh, but, 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 but the, the point is, had that been explained up front, it may have prevented the survey from achieving its its aim 
he said, desperately trying to find a way of explaining <laughs> why Zwift seemed to mess this up so badly. I have like three different things to say, four to five different things to say that I feel like. <laughs> that but, escalated quickly. Um, I mean, one, timing and have you released anything and are people already mad about not releasing things? Mm. So like... Wait, you want me to pay for things I was already expecting that were coming down the road? Wait, what? Like, regardless of $40 or not $40, like, you want me to pay? Are you communicating that you want me to pay for for these things at all? Hmm. Huh? What, like, I think that's where people were going. Um, and then, like, okay, if you're really just trying to gauge what do we want or not, don't talk about money. Just tell us, hey, what do you want or not? You know, like, what, what, what do you put as a higher value? And so... When you started connecting money to it in that kind of way, I think you were already lighting a fire where, and if an explanation wasn't given about upfront where resources might need to go and why, or, you know, if you want to be that transparent, you got to get super transparent then. You know what I mean? Like you got to be like, all right, this is almost a democracy and here's what you're voting on about why we're going to put resources where we don't even have them right now in order to get more development around this. I think that if you, you, you go that route, it just, it, so anyways, I, I think timing and what you are communicating about what's getting paid for and people who already are like, I want more bots. You know what I mean? Like, like we just talked <laughs> about that. So, and they're like, well, why don't we have more bots? And so, um, you know, you, the amount of, again, I'll go back to the amount of transparency that you will have to have in order to make people happy with a survey like that. I'm not sure any company is willing to do in this competitive, in this market that seems to be getting competitive. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I was in two minds about the whole thing. I, I mean, you know, my thing, you know, my thing is that Drift does not communicate with sufficient clarity or sufficient frequency with the community. I mean, you know, I've said this to them to their face time and time and time again, and this just seemed to me to be, Another example of that. Uh, anyway, it's all luckily water under the bridge now, uh, and we can forget about it. But but uh, very interesting to see the the passions that it rose, uh, the the passions that uh, arose around it. Mm. Anyway, maybe maybe some lessons learned there. Who knows? Right on. Okay, well, uh, let's move on. And it's time to play a little Zwiftcast game. I know how much you two enjoy these. So uh, here's the rules. Zwift has a new scheme where experienced Zwifters can get paid. You get paid actual money to deliver advice and solve problems to new Zwifters who are struggling to get going or have hit some kind of bump in the road. It's a really good idea, actually. It'd be very interesting to see how it works. Now, none of us have been invited to become these new Zwift ambassadors. And to be honest, that's probably a pretty good call in my case. I'm not really very good at that stuff. But you two are. So here we go. Uh, let's do a couple of dummy runs to prove that Zwift has missed a trick by not asking you two to take part. So this is like a job interview, okay? Uh, a bit of role play. <laughs> All right. I'll, I am going to be taking the role of the Zwifter with a problem, and let's see how you solve it. Um, Shane, you can go first. Uh, I mean, I know normally this would be text, but we'll pretend it's like a phone support thing, okay? Uh, and, and, and Nathan, you are going to decide whether Shane gets the job based on how well he handles this call. So here we go. Uh, hi, Shane. My name's Simon, and I've got a problem. Hi. 
you've called Zwift tech support community <laughs> version or something. If your call is about technical support, press one. If your call is about account information and billing, press two. If no, you're not level 50 you. and no, don't have the Tron bike, hang up now that's, and call back when you're a real Zwifter. No, you've got to be a real person. You've got to be a real person. That's that's the whole Please point make of this. Decision now. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> this is an automated message. <laughs> Please make your selection. I've okay, outsourced well, this already. That was that was not even coming from me at all. That was no, outsourced. No, no. Well, that's no, how no, you do it. That's no, a pacer bot right there. <laughs> Here's my real problem. Okay, I, I I've seen this really shiny bike in the, in in the game. It, it sort of glows and stuff, and I haven't got this bike, Shane. Uh, why don't I have this bike? I'm level forty eight or something. Why haven't I got this bike? Let me look up your account details here, Simon. Let me. You're nowhere near level forty eight. Um, <laughs> Simon, you're mid thirties or something like that. Now, no, it appears I'm not. that you have an account ID of in a single digit too. So you've yeah. had the most opportunity than anybody else, other than the <laughs> founders of Zwift, to get this bike. I, I look. I, I'm. I'm going to have to escalate this I, a little bit. I too. don't understand. I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm this saying, is just pure I laziness. I, think. I don't understand what I've not done. You're, I mean, you're not helping me to understand to well, get to is, the bottom of my problem no, here. I, as, as tech support, I don't want to offend you, but the answer is pretty clear. You just haven't ridden enough at all. It's just laziness. Um, my logs here show you haven't even done an FTP test. What's going on? No, look, you're going to have to call back when you're level 50. Um, this tech support's only for Tron bike owners. So I'm, I'm going to have to end the call here. Thanks for calling. Nathan, I, I, I'm going to have to score him, score him low on empathy on that. I mean, do you think he'd get the job based on that? I think, no, I definitely think that he's definitely fired. The last thing, the next thing you need to do though was say, well, I've been perusing your Instagram. It just looks like you ride outside way too much as well. What are you doing? You don't even, are you even a Zwifter? Like you say you have this Zwift load number and been around for, are you a part of Zwift? I mean, what is even happening here? So yes, I would definitely um, agree with his assessment what in truth, but truth does not always keep a customer. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, this is where you fell down, Shane. Too much, too much Aussie honesty. No, you're not. You're not getting a job. You're not getting a job. Okay, that, yeah, that, that, that was the goal. That was the goal. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Right. I remain self-employed. <laughs> Let's try this with Nathan. Okay, so here we go, Nathan. Uh, you're 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 at Zwift HQ, and my name is Simon, and I've got a problem, Nathan. <laughs> oh my, I can't even. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Simon. Thanks a lot for calling. Uh, my name is Nathan. Uh, and uh, what seems to be the problem? Uh, the problem is, Nathan, that I, I can't get this Swift game to work very well. And, and all my friends say it's because I've got my, uh, my PC as a potato. I, 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 I don't know what they mean. I well, I'd have to agree with you that there's a problem. It's probably because you can't plug it in. That, I think that's the problem is you can't plug your your. You, can you not connect? No, I'll leave that one alone. So okay, I'll, I'll help. I'll help. I was trying to go somewhere with that one. It didn't work at all. Um, so your potato. What do you mean by potato? Like you have low frame rates? Like are you? What are you even using as a Mac? Is it a PC? I'm just confused. My friends say potato. You, should I get an apple instead of a potato? What, which, which is the right way to go here? What kind of I mean, one of my friends. One of my friends has a BlackBerry. <laughs> do, do, do I need a BlackBerry? 
So what is your preferred platform? Would you like that we, did you know that Zwift can be used on multiple platforms, not only a PC? So if you do have an Android, an iOS or a Mac or an Apple TV, you would be able to use it on those as well. So you could swap over to something that might be able to function a little bit better than maybe what your friends are calling a potato. Oh, okay. How do I know if any of those is a potato, Nathan? Was it purchased in the last, I mean, I would first, I don't know, man, that's a tough one. Like that is a really, really, really tough one. Um, Shane. You know, do you have a dedicated graphics card is the first question I would ask. If you don't know what a graphics card is, because your friends tell you what a potato is and you don't know what that is. I mean, we're going to have to see, we're just, we just know too much. We're going to make people feel stupid. That's what's going to end up happening. Well, do you know what, Shane? At least Nathan made an attempt. Yeah, we were already in troll mode. In my defense, I was like already in troll mode because of how Shane went at it. So I didn't take it that seriously, but I did make it half half a time. Nathan was able to reel off the platforms that Zwift runs on. So there's points for that for sure. Uh, yeah. Opening the phone call with a laugh though. Uh, there's negative points. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, that, yeah, well, how am I supposed to take it seriously? Like the you're going to be upsetting. You've got to. You've got to. You've Got to, you've got to take the the, the the caller's hand and guide them through this difficult journey. Not laugh I think at we're them. Gonna to the, we're going to stick to the podcast, I think, guys. We are no good at tech support. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think uh, generally, yeah, big picture, that, that is very much the case. Okay, well, good luck to the Zwift ambassadors. I, I hope they perform an awful lot better than the Zwift customers did in this task. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, okay, the eSports World Championships will be on Zwift this year. Uh, hard on the heels of the virtual Tour de France, it's another major coup for the platform with official UCI partnership, with UCI-approved rainbow jerseys being awarded and with the likely participation of a lot of big-name pro riders. This will be another huge marketing event for Zwift uh, with the added bonus of it taking place, I think, in December, but certainly much, much closer to peak indoor season uh, rather than July, which was the virtual Tour de France, which clearly wasn't peak indoor riding season. Uh, we could probably expect further improvements to the already rapidly improving broadcast production values. And in a very, very difficult year for sport, this is almost certainly another big step on the path towards Olympic recognition for indoor riding. It would be a fool who said that this was not a good decision by Zwift. And don't get me wrong, I totally get the logic. I get the business case and I see the vision thing here. I really do. But you knew there was a book coming, didn't you? From the point of view of the broad mass of Zwifters, the Zwift community, which the Zwiftcast is here to represent, there's just a couple of worries creeping in for me around the edges of these marquee events focused on pro cycling. Uh, and for me, this boils down to two areas, which happily my fellow Swiftcasters are beautifully equipped to opinionate about and will hopefully make a much better job than they did with tech support. Shane, the first one is for you. Um, we now know there won't be a new map for the worlds as there normally is. Now, you know, there are really, 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 really good reasons for this. At the time of recording, I think only a few hours ago, 
Uh, they made a decision about where the IRL event is going to be, and it's going to be at Imola in Italy. So the time available to make a course based on that in time for the uh, the e-worlds obviously is 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 horribly short. Uh, so, so you know we have to accept that. We, you know we have to accept there's a very very kind of good excuse for 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 no new map around the world this year. But the community might say, well, you know what? I don't really care so much about racing and e-racing and e-sports, but I do like it that I get a new map each year to ride, then at least I get some benefit from the whole e-sports thing, which I don't really care too much about. Not this year. The wider community might also say there's so much attention being given to e-sport that game development is suffering and I'm not getting the new features I want. Now, I'm putting a very strong case here, and I'm, I'm probably exaggerating it, and I'm possibly not taking into account the fact that not everybody who works at Swift is working on esports. Far from it. That you know, it's not how the company works. But on these bigger points, that that where I'm kind of putting words into the mouth of Swifters, but I have seen these words used, fair or unfair. Again, it's 2020. It's just Mm. throwing curveballs in every direction. Uh, Look, new maps are always welcome. Um, But look, at the end of the day, you give two cyclists any piece of road and they'll make it a race. So for the course that was announced for the UCO uh, Esports Worlds, which was going to be four or five laps of Watopia Hilly Reverse and then to the Volcano KOM, I did a recon of that last night. It's a great course. It took Mm. me probably about two hours just chatting away and just, uh, yeah, rolling along with the with the chat crew uh it's going to be tough though so it's, it's going to be a good watch but i guess the question remains uh, as you said there simon look with all these developments in cycling and esport you know what's in it for every swifter um mm. the uci road worlds for, is for 200 people i think so what's in it for the 250,000 other active subscribers again a number i've just pulled out of the cloud there yeah, yeah. um previously that has meant a new map um, and in turn means new events new route badges fresh tarmac this year oh, again 2020 oh, i've got no idea where things are going to lead do, do, do you think that the broad mass of Zwifters who may not be interested, do you think they've got a point that, I mean, I suppose the question I'm, I'm, I'm putting to you here is some people say, and there is a feeling in the community that esports is is, is is a distraction from the things that are kind of more important to more Zwifters. Now, now you know, mm. I, I, I do feel that, 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 you know, that's not a sufficiently nuanced opinion, that the the marketing value of these things is huge, absolutely enormous, and more people, more subscribers means more money for development. So as ever, you know, it, it's not black and white and it's not simple, but can you see why some people think this? We, the reality is we don't know where the resources are carved up internally at Swift and yeah. who's working on what. What we do see, though, is the public-facing side of things, which is the marketing, which is the eSports side of things. So everyone sees what's being published and pushed and promoted because marketing is eSports. It brings people in. Without knowing what's behind those covers, who knows? It could be the reverse Wizard of Oz. We could see one thing and there could be hundreds of behind-the-scenes yeah, yeah. doing a lot yeah. of stuff, or there could be just one person pulling the strings. We just don't know. Um, and I think that's just the misconception there from the um, that people can only be single-tasked um, and there is only one person being that single-tasked person. I, I'm sure there's multitask, there's multiple threads, there's multiple uh, projects running all at once. Uh, we just don't know. But I understand where that sentiment's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, I think to an extent, you're right about the the single tasking. Although to be, to, I, I do know just from talking to a few people inside Swift that the, the, the company wide effort 
that went into the virtual Tour de France was it was huge. I mean, it was absolutely enormous and and did soak up a lot of resources. But as as you say, we we you know we don't get to see the spreadsheets. We've we've no idea uh, at all uh, uh, how resources are allocated. Okay. Well, the second point, uh, Nathan, this is this is one for you. Uh, and thanks to some um, suboptimal communication from Swift. I mean, we never see that, do we? There's some confusion about whether the best of the best of Swift racers will get the opportunity to compete against what's likely to be a pro-dominated field in the in the world's events. And well, surely it should mainly be. Pro riders, <laughs> you know, who, who said Swifters are, are, are kind of qualified to, to be part of this field? And and in the end, you know, it's probably down to the national federations to to make the choice. Uh, I think that's the way it's it, it's going to work, and is a developing story. This, I mean, I think the the elite Swifters could get in, but I think they've got to persuade the national federations. Then they've got to make themselves available for anti-doping. So it, it, it's kind of quite complicated for the best of the best of uh, uh, Zwift community riders to to, 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 to to get a place on the on the start line in this event. So the racing community in response to that might well say, hang on Zwift, we pioneered this when you weren't interested at all and now you are interested, you're not really taking us with you. Um, I kind of again i'm exaggerating to make a point but do you think there's any justification in that point of view you know to grow sport i have to really and i'm a community guy though i came out of the community i was a part of how this happened i turned the mic on yeah, yeah, people absolutely. started showing up and you saw where i started that yep. you came here simon yeah you know and so I'm a guy, and, and Vision Cycling, one of the original teams on Zwift, was born out of how do you make mountain biking a household sport? I saw Nike was doing a better job of it and, and said, okay, I'm going to stop doing that and started focusing on more pro racing and developing things. So I've studied a lot about how do you make a sport, though, and I really believe it does come out of localized community racing. And I give a shout-out to Steve Beckett saying, look, we're developing an ecosystem, you know, and and I do see this as like, all right, we need to maybe play, we need to do both end. And the announcement came first, though, that there's a yeah. UCI world because yeah. it's been asking for. And I think they're also like, wait a second, let's not forget this over here. Now, the big show, though, which I'm I am a little frustrated with. I'm like, I think that the Zwifters need to own the Zwifting, and I think that the people who have committed to the platform, put the time in, and are the best Zwifters in the world. That's what you're looking for in an Olympic sport. You are looking for the best at that genre in the world. And that that the current thing that I'm seeing is not aimed at that core value. The core value is who is the best at this sport and let's celebrate that as a world champion. That person should be somebody who can't, comes up through racing on Zwift through merit that has been earned in the community of Zwift racers. That is what a UCI world championships should be about, in my opinion, when it comes to what sport is really about, what we want to celebrate at the Olympics. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that Zwift is trying to figure that out right now. And I think they're trying to do both uh, and open it up. It's an excellent point. That is an excellent point. But of course, that does not serve the marketing gods, does it? Because if you, you know, what's the best marketing tool? The, 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 the best Swifter who you've never heard of or Peter Sagan? I mean, you know, 
<laughs> okay, so well, I have a question there. I have a, I have a question in return then. I mean, the best marketing tool, though, may be Carrots to Chase that are a much broader experience of what Zwift Academy could be in a racing community. Mm. Like a much, much longer term plan, you know, like experience that gets more people involved. Nike will sell more bicycles for Trek than anything else in five years. Anything else that, that they do on their marketing campaign right now, the National Interscholastic Cycling Association will sell more mountain bikes for track specialized and all the rest because they got juniors on their bikes who are going to be the fans in the future of what cycling is. Just like all the foot people who watch football now in the NFL were kids who played at their local high school. Yeah. So you have to create a sport at that local raised up development level to get passion in it as a, as a household tradition in people. And I think if we want to build a tradition of sport, we need to create that chase in it, in the community. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, you know, I, I think you you kind of got there in the end because I think it's a difficult nut for, to crack. This, I mean, it, it, you know, uh, anybody would would see the value of the virtual Tour de France and the e worlds on Swift in marketing terms. And if there's more bums on Swift saddles, there's more money for development. And you've 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 got to understand the marketing value and and to to some extent agree with the strategy that these are brilliant marketing tools. Um, but as you alluded to there, you know, maybe again, this just comes back to, you know, my old hobby horse of, of, of communications with the, with the community. So it was very significant that Steve Beckett jumped into the, the, the kerfuffle on races and said, you know, that this ecosystem, which basically we think is going to be a set of leagues where you can progress through achievement. This is something Steve's talked about before on the podcast and, and Eric Min has. But it was significant that, that Steve had to come in and, 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 and make the point that this was definitely happening and it was definitely happening soon and he's taking personal responsibility for it. It is not a better communication strategy, Shane, to announce the world's but to, 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 you know, throw a few bones to the community by perhaps just giving us some information about what they're going to be doing for community racing in, in conjunction with the, with the, with the E-World's announcement. Yeah, look, in the bigger pictures of this is that promising something the community wants, that also means having to deliver. And it's uh, very yeah. evident in recent yeah. months. There's always growing yeah. concern around what's been promised in the past to address what the community has been asking for and what's actually being delivered. Look, I think... Cycling esports is growing beyond just Zwift, but what Zwift needs to do is ensure they provide what people want. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's a big community, you know, community of racers, community of beginning cyclists, you know, there are all hmm. kinds of constituencies now. There's not only one Zwifter. And finally on this, Nathan, I mean, Zwift, to be honest, you know, I mean, they've still got probably a monopoly, but there are a few kind of midges biting around. Uh, RGT does appear to be developing. It looks as though it's attracted some some funding, and they would walk over broken glass to have a racing community as large and passionate as the one on Swift. Do, do you think some care needs to be taken here? Or more care little, being taken than is currently being taken, perhaps? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the other platforms don't look as nice. I mean, I'm just be straight. Like, yeah, yeah. when I look at it, it doesn't look as nice. But if they're offering experience, though, in some spaces that, that they might feel served, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, it just happens. I just opened up 
uh, I have Facebook in front of me and one of the top thing that pops up is a Zwifter that I know who is now streaming RGT, um, which is interesting. Like, oh, okay. Like, and people are kind of, they're moving around a little bit, checking out what else is going on out there and seeing if something else will serve them better. Um, so uh, I don't think that it's like immediate, whoa, like this mass, you know, there's not going to be this mass exodus or anything like that, no. but there might just be some low, you know, hanging fruit from a couple of individuals who want something very specific that they find in another platform right now that what might, uh, you know, or, or just, you know, some whinging that says, I'm going to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they like that mo- the model better. You know, they, I think RGT is doing the, doing a different model when it comes to uh, how they make their money too. So yeah. 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 Uh, not something to be super alarm bells. I think it's just like, look, there's competition and we need to pay attention to the competition and, um, you know, excel in the places where they might want to be competing with, you know what I mean? Or, or maybe shore things up where they might want to try and take advantage. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and to be fair to Swift, you know, they are mindful of the racing community and what they need to do for them. As, as, as Steve's intervention, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously a, not going to use the word panicked because I don't think it was panicked, but Steve felt he had to intervene in that debate to remind the racing community that things were going to be offered to them. And again, this just gets back to my point about, you know, communicating with the community. You know, why not make those kind of two announcements in, in tandem and it keeps more people more happy and more of the time. But, you know, maybe there's real practical reasons that can't take place. Okay, well, while we're talking about pro riding and stuff, let's quickly return to Stephen and Dan from Delete Coaching and just hear about how the academy programmes are going to handle the pro contract side of things in these COVID days. Dan, you're going to be uh, responsible for for that talent identification program. Quite a big responsibility, that. Is it all about numbers? Are you going to do this wholly on numbers, or is there going to be some instincts involved and a bit more kind of deeper interrogation of uh, of the final few candidates? Are you going to look at this in a, I hate this phrase, but you're going to look at this in a in a three sixty way rather than just crunching numbers? You know, we're expecting a hundred thousand people to sign up. Um, 68,000 last year, you know, so we're expecting to be around 100,000. You know, I was a pro myself, so I'm excited about that part of it. So first of all, obviously Zwift is very much about numbers, it's about power to weight, but there's a, you know, there's there's a lot more to being a pro than than doing having a high FTP. You know, you need bike handling skills. You know, you need to be able to cope with. The biggest thing for me when I was a pro was or one of the bigger things was the traveling, you know, if you're making three or four flights a week, you know, that, that takes a lot out of you, you know, it's not just about the riding the bike. And then also to go back to what you said, there is no semi-final this year. So we're going um, straight into the final. So that's going to make our job a little bit harder that we need to, you know, go from a hundred thousand to five. One of the harder things this year is the fact that it's on because of COVID, it's very unlikely there's going to be a live final. It'll be done uh, remotely. So other years, they got them together. Uh, last year, it was in South Africa on the um, NTT training camp. So you could see people. You could see you could take them out on the bike. You could see how they handle the bike. So then we're going to have to do a little bit mi- uh, more research on my side. I'm going to have to look into you know their background because it'd be very difficult for me to put someone through to the final if they'd got like no history at all of, of racing, because, you know, biggest, a big part of racing, 
you know, is the race itself, the bike handling, all that skill set. So, um, so I'm going to have to do a lot more research than than perhaps the the guys did in previous years. You know, I don't want to be responsible for putting someone into a professional peloton who's completely out of their depth. Uh, personally, I think they've got their work cut out there, not being able to see the finalists in uh, in real life, finding potential world tour riders on paper only. That is a tough task. But they're very well qualified, um, so good luck to them. And we'll come back to the academy, uh, the reborn academy, I think, in, in later episodes uh, of the podcast as the indoor season goes on. Okay, boys, well, we really have witted a lot this episode. As I said earlier, there's been a lot to witter about. Let's, let's finish with just a quick bit more wittering. Um, the fence is back and it's been tweaked. Now flyers are not booted. They're just nagged half to death with endless annoying messages. Uh, better solution, Shane, do you think? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Nagging is not enforcement. It's a soft-handed approach. Look, if someone enters an event and they don't stick to the rules, give the ride leader the ability to boot them out or simply ghost them. Look, this isn't preschool, for God's sake. If people are doing the wrong thing, they're not entering the event for, to follow the rules, get them out, boot them out. Like, throw them a hook with a stud so that actually puts them off the road. <laughs> Yeah, funny enough, I find nagging uh, annoyingly effective. You know, like when Apple up, uh, nag you to update your software. I mean, it's like it's it's like somebody tapping on the window outside. Okay, I'll just do it then. You know, <laughs> so Windows I, updates every yeah, day. Nagware. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've got a nasty feeling it, it, it might be quite effective. I, I kind of agree with you. You know, if if. People are, uh, are ruining other people's experience, then let's just get rid of them rather than just simply nagging them. But maybe nagging works better. Um, Nathan, completely unofficial and based on rumour only, but it seems that Club Jarvis may not be the only game in town soon. Uh, talk is that some of the bigger clubs on Swift are now being invited to take part in the whole club functionality thing. It's a rollout, Jim, but not as we know it. Any, uh, any word on the street? Uh, I actually haven't heard anything mm-hmm. on that specifically from any clubs, which would be really interesting. People are being hush hush. Maybe they're supposed to be hush hush. I don't. I don't. I mean, uh, but uh, I'm excited to see that. Uh, I've you know I was really excited about Club Jarvis. I actually have it open in front of me right now. But it'll be fun at which point we're able to see in game maybe a little bit competition, what clubs are what, some status around that whole thing. So. Um, I'm excited to see when that ends up, you know, taking place and all the functionality that comes around with it. And uh, it's definitely something we've been waiting for uh, for a while. And I think uh, that feature specifically on the social aspect and getting things done together in, in Zwift is really going to take off. So we're really, really hoping that comes soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, that's it. Uh, awful lot of, of, of us going on but that's because we've not been going on for a bit and there's been a lot to go on about uh, Shane I assume uh, as the season begins to turn and I already see magpie swooping pictures being posted <laughs> from Australian <laughs> friends and you amongst them uh, but I assume as the season turns you will look back on uh, uh, the Australian winter and the Northern Hemisphere summer uncharacteristically as as an extremely good period for you on your YouTube channel, I would have thought. Uh, 
Yeah, March 18th went crazy. Typically, that was the downtime, um, and it only starts lifting now around the tech because Eurobike was meant to be on right now. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, the biggest trade show in the world for bicycles, um, where all the new trainers are announced and everything. Look, companies are still rolling out new things, though. We've seen a few new trainers and a few new things rolling out, and there's more to come soon. Um, again, 2020, <laughs> unpredictable as ever. Um, but as the trainer season starts in the Northern Hemisphere, um, things get even busier for me, which is great. Um, some live streams, um, some, uh, yeah, tech tips and, um, yeah, life as we know it, which is good. It's, it's sort of normal for me during the period where nothing else is really normal still being in stage three lockdown here in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, keep it up, the original and the best. Beware of cheap imitations. Uh, Nathan, um, you just seem to be commentating on race after race after race after race after race. Is, yeah, it, I mean, we're, it, <laughs> it's in full. It's in full swing. I mean, have you really? Uh, have you watched the output recently? Yeah, we're up. I mean, we have up the output. We're up to, I believe, it's going to be six minimum at this point wow. uh, a week, and more than that on the way, I believe. Uh, so, um, you know, there's uh, a lot going on in the. Um, you know, the thing is, is like the community is really strong in pockets and it's all, it's kind of dispersed to doing a lot of its own things in these little pockets. Now we get, now all those pockets need to grow as we get into, into the winter, uh, months here. And so it'll be cool to try and serve all of those as best we can and, and hopefully, uh, have those carrots that we were just talking about, you know, as, uh, you know, we saw that post from Steve and I'm thinking that, okay, cool. Something's coming down the line that, um, you know, we'll have something to chase that uh, we can have on a steady rhythm for all of the, you know, localized racing communities that are out on Zwift. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of just priming for that. And, uh, you know, Dave Toll has come on board as like a permanent, you know, talent that's alongside me, which has been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we're also doing a lot of stuff with Australia. You know, we got Kino on, Pat Shaw, we've got Carly Taylor, Miana Crean. I mean, that's been a lot of fun to do uh, those productions. It's the middle of the night for me, but I, I love chatting with the Aussies and, and helping to support their winter as well. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in ZCL. Tons, nonstop, for sure. Excellent. Swift Community Live. Tune in, folks. Always a good watch. Okay, that's it, boys. Uh, I think we got Nathan's tip for the top step of the podium in Paris at the beginning of the show. I think, I think, but Shane, yours, please. Uh, Rider 19, uh, COVID-19 will win the tour. Um, I <laughs> suspect it will be all over before they hit Paris. Um, that's again, it's tw- that's my 2020 prediction. Failing that, uh, look, uh, Look, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it at that. We just don't know. Everything is just too crazy. Caleb, you and I hope, but he can't climb hills. He's very fast in the sprint instead. Uh, more stages for Caleb. That's what I'll go with. Hard to see, uh, hard to see past Rocklitch, I think. Yep, yep, good pick. They're always yeah. in yellow, though, aren't they? Jumbo Visma's always yellow. Yeah. They need to be a little different colour. I think you're on record. The double, Slovenian. the double Slovenian at the top right now is really interesting, though. Yeah. And- Today, so my heart, Primo's I think is the favorite, but my heart goes out. I, I'm gonna today's. I think I, I would like to see him, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. Let's yeah. see a young guy 
win it as well. Yikes. I'm just going to throw that out there. No, uh, Tadej Pogacar? Oh, Pogacar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pogacar. I'm going to throw Pogacar in for, Primoz I think is the favorite, but I want to say that Pogacar, um, excuse me, Yates is at the top, but but the second and third there currently, you know, both both, uh, same countrymen. And uh, Pogacar, I think, if he's hungry and he's got the talent, we'll see how he lasts throughout. And I think it's, I like kind of shooting for a wild card more than like the favorite. So that's why I'm going that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's difficult to see past Rochlick. That really mangled that. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, my wild card would be Bookman. Remember Book- that name. Hmm. He might just do something because he's, uh, as has been evidenced by the uh, baffled reaction of my two fellows, we've cut <laughs> He's been completely invisible, but that, that can sometimes be a good place to be in week one of the tour. Okay, uh, well, there we go. Lots of words dispensed uh, in the usual cause over this episode. Hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you very much indeed for your valued contributions, my friends. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, And uh, we'll say goodbye and see you next time. Thank you. Great to be back. Let's do it again. It wouldn't be the same without it, would it? Just the usual announcement. We are very grateful to continue to receive Swiss support to make the podcast, but they don't decide what goes in it. We do. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 